All right, did we have a handout tonight? I'm sorry, Brother Ross, did we wake you? <laughs> he sounded surprised. Let's pass that out. Uh, and why he's passing it out, uh, if you want, turn to Romans chapter number 1. I believe the verses will be in the handout, but we'll go ahead and read those together. Romans chapter number 1. I just want to shot, uh, I just want to share something that's kind of, uh, not time sensitive, but going along with what we're doing over the next <coughs> few weeks. <coughs> I want to encourage us. Romans chapter 1 and verse 14 to 17. Leave there there in your handout. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed by faith, from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening and this short time we have together. I pray you'd help us to, to understand and, and get what I'm trying to, 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 to learn, to share from your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, <coughs> um, the main purpose of the church, and we know this, we talked a little bit of it on Sunday night, is to get the gospel out, okay? I need one, two, three, four, I need five guys, ready? Okay. One, two, three, four, you have a bad knee. Bradley, you're five. Okay, come up here. We've used this illustration several years ago, okay? So all of you are now firemen. Our country's in trouble, okay? Now, all of you are going to have a job within that, okay? Your job is to wash the truck. What is your job? Wash the truck. Wash the truck. You get to drive the truck. What's your job? Drive the truck. Okay, got it. You take the calls, okay, that tell where to go. What's your job? Okay, your job, very important, make sure the hoses are ready. What's your job? You got the fun job. You know that one that's like, it has that long thing in the back and the guy drives that, the connector? How many know what I'm talking about? Way back there? That, that, that looks scary, but it's also probably fun. You drive the back of the truck. What do you do? Okay, so let's see if they remember. Ready? Let's see how smart these guys are. Our five firemen and not a lick of red on any of them. Okay, your job? Wash the truck. Good. What's your job? He drives the truck, right? What's your job? Takes the calls. What's your job? No, stop. Okay. Why did you do that? What's your job? Moses? Drive the back, right? But you're, you were right. That's not their job. Their job is to put out fires. Okay? Thanks for blowing the illustration. Go sit down and you're fired. But that's the job. Now, wrapped up within the job of putting out fires is all of the things they mentioned, right? Because if they don't do those things, someone's got to gas the truck. I don't know if you ever thought about that. Right? But the job is to put out fires. There's a main purpose. And within everything you do, it ought to be pointed towards the purpose. Right? And if it's not pointed towards the purpose, in essence, it's not, it's not, very, it's not very effective and it's kind of wor worthless. You know, a lot of churches have, have lost their focus. They want to be social clubs. And by the way, I'm all for social activities. 
They want to, you know, do this and be involved in community. I'm all, of, I'm all in favor of helping the community if they need help. But that's not our main focus. Our main focus is to the gospel. Get the gospel out. The book of Romans is a doctrinal book. Uh, it deals with the sinfulness and depravity of man and the solution of the gospel. And really the solemn responsibility that we have to get the gospel out. In chapter 1, of course, Paul goes through his greetings, his uplifting of Christ, and his love for the Roman Christians. Then he moves on to the gospel. After he goes on to the gospel, he's going to start talking about the depravity of man and the sinfulness of man. And then as he gets into chapter 3 especially, he gets into the solution for man's sinfulness. Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for us. Paul's salvation changed his life. And Paul wanted to share that message with everybody that he could. But in verse 16, it's a very simple verse. Sometimes, you know, in our Sunday school class, we're, we're looking at some really simple verses that everybody knows, but sometimes we neglect the truths that are in those verses. Verse 16, everybody knows, but it's like, it's so simple, but yet the truths are so important and so profound. And so um, that's what we're going to look at. He wants to be involved in unashamedly sharing the gospel. That's what Christ told us. He said unto his disciples, go you into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. If you've been at our church any amount of time, you understand that we are really aggressive about doing that. We do a lot of other things, don't get me wrong. But if we are not aggressive about getting the gospel out, we are not doing the main thing that we are supposed to be doing, we are not following our purpose, and, and, and really we're not promised any type of fruit from any of the other efforts if the gospel is not the same main thing. Appreciate the brother started the church in Rialto, and we had one uh, a week ago that's starting, uh, starting in Anaheim. Why? Because people need the Lord. And so, uh, by the way, it's very sad... <coughs> No one wants to come to California. You're unusual. Most of the people in California are, are hitching up their U-Hauls and they're headed to Tennessee. Yeah. Is there state tax in Tennessee? <laughs> Can somebody write our governor? Man, he's killing us. You do know that gas is not $6 a gallon in other states. How many of you know that? Okay, you might want to email our governor and see if he knows that. <coughs> but we need people to get the gospel out here. I'm so thankful. Saturday... If you were here, and a lot of you were, this place was pretty well full of people here for soul winning training. That's tremendous. That shows a desire. I, 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 look, if we had some type of activity where we're eating or, or playing games or doing this or that, boy, everybody would come. I'm glad you came when we were having soul winning training. It shows that our heart's in the right spot, and I don't ever want that to change. As I mentioned on Sunday, this is probably <coughs> in your notes. <coughs> I want, if I want our church to be known... For anything in this city, I want it to be known as a place where they are in, where, where, uh, known as a place where they are in the community, speaking of our church, aggressively getting the gospel out anytime, anyway. That's what I want to be known. They should know our church because they've got our, our invitations on their door. By the way, they do. There are some churches in, in this area, and I don't, not just our area, but other areas, and no one would know they're there except if they drive by their church because they're never going out into their, to the, where they live and sharing the gospel and giving them invitations to church. It's just not happening. Look at everything we're doing this fall to get the gospel out. By the way, I'm shocked. We just bought tracks and we're out. 
okay? Nice, brand new track. I thought it, it kind of had the theme uh, for the year, about the now is the time, and I thought, man, we're going to have those next year when we have a new theme. They're gone. We had to order some more. I'm glad you're planting seed. We have visitors every single Sunday, many visitors. We are seeing people saved every single week. You may not do it because your, your heads are bowed, but when I give the gospel invitation, usually every week there's at least one person, and then usually in our other ministries there's somebody else, but sometimes there's more than one. People are getting saved, and people, we've had multiple baptisms every week for a little bit now. Why? Because we're aggressive about getting the gospel out. I don't want to stop that. And all that we're doing, and you're like, man, pastor, isn't that enough? Let's have friend day. And I know, <coughs> by the way, don't think, where are we going to put everybody? Because I know it's full here, and it's in the balcony. It's full on Sundays. We're kicking some people out. We'll have some overflow. We'll have room for your visitors. But let's get them here. Let's not, let's not take our foot off the gas pedal. So I want to share with you a couple reasons from Romans, and really Romans 16, <coughs> we'll look at a couple other verses. Why we're aggressive with the gospel. Number one, it's an opportunity to show how we feel about, this, about salvation. It's an opportunity to show how we feel about salvation. Well, pastor, I'm not against salvation. Good. But here's what Paul said in verse 16. For I am not ashamed. It meant something to Paul. By the way, it ought to mean something to us. We already know this. Everywhere Paul went, he gave his testimony. He stood before, before magistrates. He stood before political leaders uh, and even just people he met in general. But he gave them the gospel. And every time he had an opportunity, he's sharing his testimony. Yep. Salvation was a big deal to him. He was not ashamed of the gospel. A Christian may say, say they're not ashamed of the gospel, but in the way they lack speaking of it, they are saying they are ashamed. Okay? Just because you own a Bible doesn't mean you're not ashamed of the gospel. Just because, you know, people may know you're a Christian doesn't mean you're not ashamed of the gospel. Because most people don't even know what it means to be a Christian. It's just, oh, it's just a type of church people go to. How did Paul feel about salvation? Letter A, it was his obligation. I like verse 4, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. That pretty much covers all of us, okay? Yep. He felt it an obligation. A debt is one who is held by an obligation. He is indebted. He owes based on what he has been given. Now, I'm not saying that if you're saved, God, got you, you know, part of, of having your salvation means you need to share the gospel. You don't have to do anything to have salvation except trust Christ. But you know what? If we really understand what happened when we trusted Christ, we ought to look at it and say, you know what? I owe it to take that to somebody else. I am a debtor. By the way, you would not be saved today if somebody had not shared the gospel with you. And that person who shared it with you would not have been saved unless somebody had shared it with them. And on and on and on and on and on. Is it going to stop with you? I mean, if you really understand how great salvation is, you can't help but want everybody you know to have it. And I appreciate it. Our church is just jumping in with Friend Day. And, and even on, without Friend Day, you, you, you invite people, you pass out tracts. Let's never lose that. Let's never lose that. It's an obligation. For Paul, it was also an opportunity. 
<coughs> so, verse 15, so as much as, is, as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are Rome. First of all, Paul didn't, that's like, Paul didn't even need to say that. All you got to do is read through the New Testament anywhere Paul is at. He was ready to preach the gospel. Any place, any time, any person. If he had an opportunity, here it came. You're going to hear it. Gospel. It was an opportunity. He wasn't just indebted. He wanted to do it. By the way, and I don't think being indebted is the best, is the best motivation, although it should be a little bit of a motivation. If somebody does something for you, 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 you're not, you feel like, you know what, I should do something as well. But what about the opportunity? Paul said, I'm ready. By the way, the, the, the Bible tells us we need to be ready. Look at first, uh, our, I think you have the verse there, 1 Peter 3, 5. But <coughs> sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be always ready to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So if you're at work, so I, they know I'm a Christian at work. What if someone came up and said, what does that even mean? How do I become a Christian? It's your responsibility. Well, I'll take them to church. That's good. But, but, but you, got, you, got the, you got the fish on the hook. It's up to you. How do you start that? <clears throat> First, by being a good testimony. People watching you. I haven't given this, but Jerry told, told me years ago he was working somewhere, and you were a backslidden Christian, right, Jerry? And, uh, well, okay, he, in fact, okay, thanks. And he said that someone came up to him at work and said, hey, are you a Christian? Jerry goes, yeah. He goes, so am I. Can you not tell people you are? Because I'm trying to win them to the Lord. Right. Is that right? That is right. You change, though. Okay, let's be a good testimony. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to walk on water. But we ought to back up. I wonder if that's a lot of reasons why we don't want to talk, share the gospel with people that know us. I mean, it's a lot easier when you knock on a door, they don't know you. Yeah. But the people you work with, come on. I worked in the world, and I'd get into a place, and I'd lie, I'm a Christian. They're like, you're a Christian? And then they'd, they'd, they'd sneak to you later on. It's like, hey, so-and-so over there, he says he's a Christian, and he's lazy, he steals, and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I'm not the Pope. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> okay? But what they're saying is somebody said it and obviously didn't try to live it. Yeah. Be a good testimony. Yeah. <clears throat> Invite them to church. It's not that hard. When I didn't know how to share the gospel and all my old friends were here and I'm like, I'm going to get these guys saved, I just brought them to church. Now, 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 don't do like I did. I would just wait at the invitation and say, hey, come with me. I'd bring them down front. And I'm, I was as green as could be. And I'd go to the pastor Sisson, brother Sisson. I'd say, hey, Dave. I call him brother says, Dave, this is my friend John. He is not saved. Can you talk to him? And they're looking at me like, this is what we were doing? I'm like, you know, I probably should have had a little decorum there, right? But, but, you know, I didn't know what to do, but I knew that if I brought him to church, somebody there would know how to win him to the Lord. Right. <coughs> By learning to share. <coughs> and that's what we did on on. Um, on Saturday, you can go out on, with us on Tuesdays and Saturdays and someone in your class and they'll show you how to do it. Yep. And then just get out there and do it. Just get out there and do it. Yep. Let her see it was his obsession. He said, for I am not ashamed <coughs> of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also. He goes, I'm not ashamed. 
I'm obsessed with this. How many have ever been to a sporting event? Oh, let me mention this. When we're talking about International Sunday and we're international dress, the Raiders are not a nation. Are you with me? Okay, so let's just, let's just back away. We had Sports Sunday last Sunday. God bless you. Thanks for, for, for dressing up. And it was kind of, I got a picture of the choir, and I'm like, I don't even know where to go with that. I got a headache looking at all the different teams up there. And then I realized, but it was nice because seeing all the 49er fans, I knew who needed Jesus. Like, I see that hand. You're, no, I didn't raise my hand. You got a red shirt on. Get up here. Okay? But anyhow, it, it was an obsession. I've been to games, right? And people show you what team they're on. I mean, who, who they're for. Yeah. They act like nutcases. Well, I want people to know whose team I'm on. Yeah. Let's not be ashamed of Christ. <clears throat> the best way not to be ashamed is talk about him to others. Amen. We have a privilege and a responsibility to share the gospel. And look, here's our options. Are you ready? We have two options to share the gospel, obedience or disobedience. Either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. You say, Pastor, that's kind of daunting. We'll explain a few things that will help you with that. So it's an opportunity to show how we feel about salvation. Number two, it's an opportunity to how we, how we feel about the, the Savior. Amen. Amen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. What's the next two words? Mm, of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> My gospel, it's his. It's about him. And look, I am all for learning how to soul win. And by the way, I hear people criticize, oh, you guys have a plan, the Romans row. Okay, so you're going to go talk to money and you're not going to have a plan? And I'm not saying you need to learn this, the scriptures and, the, and you need to learn salvation so much you deviate from the plan to answer questions. I understand that. But people criticize that like that makes no sense. That's like saying I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to drive to, I'm going to, I'm going to end up in Tennessee, but I'm just going to go whatever direction the wind blows. That's ignorant. I want to have a plan. Now, by the way, there might, be, there might be roadblocks or roads closed, and I need to detour, and I get it. Sometimes people need you to explain some things to them, yep. but we need to know it, and we need to let people know about the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we represent our church, but more importantly, in your paper, we represent him. We do. It's his gospel, okay? It's not, it's not the gospel of Steve Myers. It's not the gospel of whatever your name is. It's about Jesus. We need to remember that. <clears throat> Jesus gave us some promises about his involvement. First, that he is with us as we go. <clears throat> he says, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to all things whithersoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now there's more wrapped up in the Great Commission to just soul winning. We understand that. But he's with us always. You're out there, if you're out there talking about Jesus Christ, he's with you. Amen. And he's not just with you, he could be with those whom we tell. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. You see, the Spirit convicts people of their sin. The, the Spirit convicts people of their, of their need for Christ. We just need to lift up Jesus. Amen. That's the important thing. Let me put this mildly, and we'll move on. If we are ashamed of the gospel, <coughs> we are really ashamed of Christ. I'm not trying to condemn you there. I'm just, I'm just laying it out there. That's the truth. You know why? Because if we talk to them about the, the gospel, they're going to know we're a Christian. They're going to know we're one of his. They're going to know whose team we're on. And so 
we shouldn't be afraid of that. I want to be on Team Jesus. It's an opportunity to show how we feel about the Savior. Number three, <coughs> it's an opportunity to show how we feel about the success. Now, now understand that term, could, you look at that word success and you can define it different ways that are not good, but I'll explain it to you. Verse 16, the gospel of Christ, it is the power of God. Huh. What is the it? The gospel of Christ. That's the power of God. Do you understand what that's saying? The word power refers to inherent power, which in this case means the gospel itself. Do you understand inherent? What it is saying is when you give the gospel and you're trying to get a sinner to convert to Jesus Christ, the power it takes for them to accept that message comes from the message, not us. Now, I think we ought to be sharp in how we talk to people. I've been soul winning with people, and they've done some pretty crazy things, okay? I remember I was with a guy. He was, he's not here anymore. He was a police officer. He knocked on the door. So he goes, hey, if you were to die today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? The guy goes, no. He goes, why not? I'm like, bro, we're not here to interrogate, okay? We're here to, okay, he didn't know. Let's, let's explain it to him. I had another guy, and uh, we, it was an apartment complex. It was a big, well, he thought it was an apartment. It was a big house. It was his door. Another police officer. He just opened the door and walked in. We're standing in somebody's living room. And he's like, I thought this was an apartment. I'm like, I could have told you it wasn't, Okay. All kind, when you go soul winning, crazy stuff. Don't go with Oscar. I've had some really crazy things with Brother Oscar. But when I'm going, I'm going because the gospel has the power. I'm looking to present it. If a person gets saved, it's because the gospel works in them. <clears throat> so what does that mean? The gospel has the inherent power to convert somebody. <clears throat> It just does. So what does that mean? Listen to this. I'd encourage you. The power is tied to the message, not the messenger. Now, <clears throat> let me say this. You ought to ask God to have his power on your life so when you talk to them, but the power on your life is really the power of the Spirit to convict them of the truth. It hasn't been a while. I won't go the whole story, but my first convert was really my, 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 my brother-in-law's mom and uh, remember Brother Ray talked about the little cheat sheet that had the gospel that you put in there. I had a cheat sheet. I, I had no clue what it was. Brother Johnny Esposito said, here's some verses. It wasn't even the Roman road. Nothing wrong with that. And <coughs> had it <coughs> back in my New Testament. <coughs> like, Helga, you're a sinner. Like, the verses are uh, here. And I'd flip in my New Testament, and I'd read it to her, and I'd explain it to her the best of my ability, and I'd look, you understand, you're a sinner. Okay, Helga, oh, ooh, it says you're going to hell. Uh, let me flip the, I showed the verses to that, like, wow, lake of fire, that's bad. And like, but Jesus paid for your sin. Like, oh, yep. verses. I took a while, and I explained it to the best of my ability. I went through it. I, I didn't really look her in the eye very much, and, and I was going through it, and I was going through it, and I got to the end. I'm like, you need to trust Christ as your Savior. What do you think? And I looked up, and she's crying. I think it was because I did such a horrible job. I'm not sure. But you know who did that? I didn't do it. The Spirit of God just started working on her. The scriptures got to her. 
She trusted Christ. <coughs> so let's make this practical. <coughs> we don't get people saved. <coughs> we share the news. Right? Uh, now, we've had a new convert, or new soul winners come, and, and they, they, I know what they mean. Hey, I talked to somebody and I saved them. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, look, I don't want you to save me, okay? I want Jesus to, I know what they're saying. But we don't save anybody. Our responsibility is to share the good news. And by the way, um, (coughs) let's make sure that we do that and that we're not trying to trick somebody into salvation. I look them in the eye. Do you understand what we said? Do you want to trust Christ as your Savior? I want them to look at me and make that decision. Now, if they're struggling with it, we could talk a little more about it. What's the hold up? Are there some things that you don't understand that we can discuss? I don't want to just, you know, let's just pray. I, I, we're going to leave and I'm going to pray with you. And you haven't even asked them to make a decision, right? They need, there comes a point they need to make that decision. <coughs> and the Spirit will prompt them. <coughs> That's why I was very easy to get saved. God had been convicting me for a long time, and I knew the truth of the gospel. I'd been witness to. So when I walked down the aisle on that Easter Sunday and I went and talked out there, it didn't take him. You know, you would have said, well, he's not saved. The only guy only talked to him for a couple minutes, and he prayed a prayer. I, was, I already knew it all. God already convicted me. When he said, you're a sinner, I'm like, I already got that. I already know I'm on my way to hell. I'm down here because I want to get saved. Yep, I got saved. Okay? The gospel was working on me. And so... <clears throat> And then we ought to learn to witness and become better. But the important thing is that we witness in the first place. I don't care how much you know the gospel. If, if you're not going to go out there and share it with anybody, you know, pastor, I don't, I don't quite get everything. You know, I, I like the blind man that Jesus healed. Boy, the religious leaders got all over him like, what's going on? He goes, look, I don't know. All I know is this. I was blind and now I can see. That's all I know. Okay. I was lost and on my way to hell. All I know is this. I trust in Christ. I'm saved. Number four. (coughs) It's an opportunity to show (coughs) how we feel about sanctification. (coughs) It is the power of God unto salvation. (coughs) Now, of course, we're talking about our eternal destiny, right? We're saved and our eternal destiny is, is is, is changed forever. It's done and that's it. But it gives us an opportunity for have a changed life on this earth because now we're a new creature. Salvation offers a lot more than just being saved. It offers change. <clears throat> I'm glad salvation is not the end. I'll say that again. That was pretty weak. I'm glad salvation is not the end. And I get it. Sometimes we're out somewhere. We may not even be in our own city. And we talk to somebody and they get saved. And, and we do the best we can. But we're not going to see them again. Okay? Yeah. And, and we can try to push them in the right direction. But, I, but, but, but the best thing is when someone gets saved and God works in their life. That's that great commission. Okay? They get baptized. And then... Brother Joseph had the steps of growth wrong. They get saved, then they get baptized, then they park at Blue Line. And then we teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Okay? He was really wrong on that one. But they can be changed. 
Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, and also verse 20, <coughs> that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. We looked at this on, a, I believe, a, a Sunday morning. To be strengthened with, his, with might by his spirit in the inner man. You see, uh, 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 just trying to change and self-will, it doesn't work. Or it only works to a certain extent. But transformative, transformative life change comes by the Spirit of God indwelling me and transforming me from the inside out. That only occurs after salvation. And it's a real possibility once they are saved. Paul, Saul, he got saved, he became Paul. All of the disciples, fishermen, and this is even a bigger miracle, tax collectors, okay? You look at Peter, his struggles. Number five. It's an opportunity to show how we feel about society. It's to everyone. The gospel is for all. You cannot take it to the wrong person. You see John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. I don't believe in Calvinism. I don't believe it's only for some people. It's available for everybody. So let's go out there and share it. We don't, we don't save them. We can't force them to get saved, but we share the message. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. It is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There's a, there's a, there's a, a um, his name is well known. His life story isn't as well known. Paul Rader was a pastor in Chicago. There's only I've tried to find a biography of him. There's really only one substantial one. I read it. But Paul Rader was a pastor of the Moody Memorial Church. He was a fervent soul winner and getting the gospel out, and the people in the church didn't like it. They didn't really like the kind of people that were coming in. You would think Moody Memorial Church they would, but he was getting a little flack. So he went up to North Chicago. I told you about the building before. I won't go into that. And uh, he, he ordered the, the, the Raider Tabernacle. And really, his thought with opening that was is, I just want a place where we can Christians can come and we can get out there and get the gospel to this city. And they were reaching so many, he realized, i got to start a church here. And that's what he did. But he was criticized because he went after anybody, which is, kind of, which is kind of amazing that Moody Church wouldn't want that because that's how Moody started the church. He was outreaching children in wagons, and he had so many of them coming. He's like, we got to start a church to reach their parents, and their parents were coming. But he was, you know how it started? Let's just go reach people with the gospel. How do we feel about our society, right? <clears throat> Let's remember, what is at stake for this unsaved sinner? I think you have that. For us, if we don't share the gospel, we are just disobedient, but we still go to heaven. Now listen to this. For the unsaved, they will end up in hell. By the, like I said, we don't save them. Our responsibility is just get the message out. Amen. A lot is riding on us. And you know, in the society in which we live... We have a tendency to see people as political opponents and not potential converts, okay? You know, I, I, look, look, when we're out there, there, there are people that need Jesus Christ. Unsaved people are going to live, act, and believe like unsaved people. So why, why are we going to? And some of you sanctified saints, y'all need to look back to how you were before you were saved, okay? Before you start putting your little halo. I know you have a halo, it's being held up by two horns, okay? So let's, let's watch it. Number six. 
It's an opportunity <coughs> to show how we feel about security to everyone that believeth. Wow, what a great opportunity. But once we do believe, you know what? We're saved. And we're saved forever. I'm so glad you don't lose it. There are people that believe that. Like, no, you trust Jesus as your Savior, but if you sin afterwards, you know, you could, you could lose your salvation and you got to get saved again. Now, they don't believe you got to get baptized again. I don't understand that aspect of it. Or else a lot of us would be, we would probably have hundreds of baptisms every single week. I know I'd be in the water every week. Okay? Now, 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 now so, so when God saves us, we're saved. We're sealed for all eternity. What a wonderful thing. Lastly, <coughs> it's an opportunity to show how we feel about sending. To the Jew first, but... And also to the Greek. What did Paul do? He went around reaching the Gentiles. He went around starting churches, planting churches. Why? Because the gospel's for everybody. Yep. It's not just for here, okay? It's for everybody in this world. And we need to be involved with that. We're not starting a church in Rialto. The, Brother Peterson is, but we're going to support him. Yep. Come on. Okay? So I don't live in Rialto. Okay, you live in Long Beach. By the way, some of you, especially you young ones, why don't you be open to what God wants for you? You know, I had a friend, and they went to school, and they learned this, and it's just really good for them. The story hasn't been written yet. It doesn't matter what they're doing. What does God want for you? Come on now. And so it's an opportunity for sending. <coughs> in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we know the verse where, you know, I'm going to send power. You're going to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, the whole world. They didn't listen to that. So in Acts chapter 8, 1, God brought persecution and spread them out. So that they, and everywhere they went, they took the gospel with them. So why we're concerned and why we're involved with reaching people in the gospel here, <clears throat> may we also be concerned and involved with helping those that are reaching others around the world? That's vital. But the gospel is a big deal. And that's what our church <coughs> is always going to be focused on. Yep. See, pastor, it's like Tuesday nights and Saturday and tracks. Like, I know. I'll tell you when we'll stop. When everybody's saved. Okay? Yep. Say, is that ever going to happen? No. We got to go. Now's the time. That's our theme, and we're coming to the end of it. We got a new theme next year. It's going to be great. But now's the time. And so let's be aggressive about the gospel. Let's make a difference in our world. Let's make a difference in our surroundings. Why don't you make a difference in the people that you come in contact with Amen. each and every day? Let's pray together. <coughs> our Father, we're grateful for your love for us, and we're grateful for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, that's the work that you have for us, Lord. And all we do, Lord, is we are willing, obedient messengers. But Lord, you bring the increase. And I pray you'd help us to constantly be seeing who we can reach. Help us to see everybody that comes within contact of us as somebody who could trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. Bless us now as we go our way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.